Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. Hey, church family. Pastor Adrian here, and I'm so sorry to not be with you there uh, in person today as I finish up celebrating uh, the holidays. I hope you've had an incredible Christmas, and now as we welcome in this new year, uh, Today I'm excited that Pastor Sam Montanez is going to be coming to share the word with you. If you don't know who Pastor Sam is, he serves uh, as our campus pastor for Esperanza Viva, our our campus that meets in Harrisonburg each and every week at 1145. uh, That's reaching our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters in this community, a vital, a vital outreach of our church. Also, uh, he helped found Hope Distributed, which today is an incredible ministry arm uh, of our church, providing food and clothing and furniture to so many people in our community. And so I know that you're going to be blessed today as he comes this year, 2022. We celebrate 20 years, 20 years of his ministry here in Harrisonburg through Church of the Nazarene. So as he comes and opens up the word to the book of James, that's right, we're back in James chapter three today. Would you welcome him now as he comes to share the word with us? Well, thank you, church, uh, and uh, Happy New Year's to everyone who is here and everyone who's watching on social media. I just pray that God will continue to pour his blessing upon your lives and that uh, this coming year you will experience his goodness like never before. And I think that's a valid thing to ask. God revealed to me your goodness pour down upon me your goodness like never before because last year's gone this year's coming and God's mercies are new every day so that's a that's a good thing to have um, well we're back back in September uh, we began that preaching series in the book of James right in the book of James uh, uh, was written by the brother of Jesus, the, his earthly brother. And um, he is writing to believers who are facing persecution. And um, uh, he's writing to encourage them to live their faith to the fullest. I mean, uh, in this letter, he, he not only encouraged the believers of his day, but as we read it for us today, he's also encouraging us to live our faith to the fullest. In his letter, he encourages us not to doubt, but to trust and to persevere when we encounter trials. Because in the middle of trials, God is always at work. And we can hear, we can hear the words of Jesus and prophets that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, in his letter, he encourages us to have a faith that is active, a faith, a faith that reveals itself in the way that we respond to the needs around us. Uh, A faith that is engaging and makes the difference in the peoples that we interact with. He also talks about how powerful words are. And he encourages us to use our voice, to use our speech, to use our words, uh, not for divisive purposes, uh, but to, to use our words to build up, to edify, to speak truth, to speak life, and to speak hope 
into the lives of others. So today we're going to pick up in James chapter 3. Uh, verses 13 through 18. We'll probably focus on verses 13 through, through 16 and mention a few things there. Uh, in this portion of James's letter, he talks about two kinds of wisdom. He talks about wisdom uh, that is false or earthly wisdom, false wisdom, and he talks about godly wisdom or true wisdom. And notice, notice what he says. Uh, picking up with... Uh, verse 13. He says the following. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy, selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap the harvest of righteousness. You know, truth be told, we all need some wisdom. We, we all need wisdom. Uh, and, um, you know, truth be told, we all have done foolish things in our lives. Uh, things that um, we would be ashamed of or embarrassed if somebody would actually found out about those things. You know, we would probably want to crawl in a hole somewhere or in a cave and say, man, I can't believe they found out those things about me. Things that we're ashamed of and things that we might be embarrassed about. We've done things we wish we could forget. We've done things we wish we could do over again differently. Not the same, but differently. Uh, uh, you know, we've done things that we probably would want to erase from our lives. I mean, there's money that we have spent, cars that we have bought that we wish we would never bought. Uh, there are investments that we have made we wish we'd never made those investments. There are invitations that we have accepted that we wish, man, I should have never accepted that invitation. There are relationships that we have gotten involved in and gotten in that we wish we'd have never, never sustained. So we've all done things. Um, and we end up saying to ourselves, how could I have been so foolish? How could I have been so dumb? How, how could I have been so, so blind? Uh, or, or we might say to ourselves, uh, I should have known better. And in reality, what we are saying to ourselves is, I should have been wiser. I should have been wiser. And you know, we all agree that wisdom is needed to make decisions, right? I think we all would agree that we need wisdom to make good life choices. And especially when it comes to choosing a mate. Uh, or when it comes to buying a house or choosing a career or, or changing careers. Uh, or maybe raising our children and how we invest our hard-earned money so that we can get the largest return. I mean, none of us want to get these life choices wrong. In fact, we want to maximize our effort and get the largest return possible. We look to wisdom as something that we need to make decisions, uh, and that's okay. 
And that's probably how the world at hand uh, thinks of wisdom. But when the Bible talks about wisdom, it is talking about something that is much more than just a, a, a mechanism, uh, uh, an intellectual exercise, or, or an intellectual capacity, or, or obtaining a higher IQ. If we read James correctly, we'll see that wisdom is more than these things. Wisdom is to be a, a way of life. Now let me read the passage, and then we'll make some comparisons. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now I want to make some comparisons here and there's going to be a chart here on the screen. And um, if you look at how James is describing earthly wisdom, he first says that, hey, earthly wisdom has this bitter envy um, characteristic about it. There's, there's bitter envy about it. It's, it seeks what others have. It, it has this unhealthy desire for more, for more of what other people have that you don't have. And it's constantly seeking and planning to have those kind of things. It's this unhealthy pull and desire that preoccupies your mind for what other people have. And then he says, hey, it's, it's, it's full of selfish ambition. It's got its own personal interest in mind. It's this type of wisdom that is self-seeking and self-indulging. It seeks its own. It's after its own interest and its own uh, gratification. And then he goes on and he says it's boastful. It's arrogant. It is the type that boasts about the things that it's going to get, the things that it's going to have, and the things and how they're going to get it. And then it says it denies the truth. It is void. It is void of what is true. And it's unspiritual. Uh, it is void of the influence of God. Something else is behind the motive and, and the impetus and, uh, uh, that pushes this kind of wisdom forward. And then finally he says, downright, downright demonic. It is, it is demonic because it is inspired by demons and the devil himself is the source. Wow. That's what he's saying about earthly wisdom contrary to God's heart and God's desire and God's purposes for your life and for my life. And he says the result of this kind of wisdom when it's lived out, it's disorder, it's contention, it's strife, it creates confusion among us. 
And he says, uh, uh, it's, it, behind it, there's this ev- evil, evil practices come behind it. There's evil scheming. There's, there's malice behind this type of wisdom. In contrary, he says, godly wisdom is pure. He says it's pure. There's an absence of sinful motive in godly wisdom. It is pure. It is sincere. There's no malice. There's no sinfulness behind it. It is peace-loving. He says it's peace-loving. It it promotes goodwill. It's wholesome. You don't have to worry about somebody who is interacting with you who is acting with godly wisdom. It is considerate. It means it is sensible. It considers the needs and the interests of others. Uh, It puts into practice the golden rule. Do unto others as you wish they would do unto you. And then he says it's submissive. In other words, that it's willing to yield. It's not stiff. It's, It's not stiff. It's not unbending. It's willing to yield, to yield to God's way, to yield to God's direction, to yield to God's processes then it goes on and he says hey this godly wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit in other words it it does not judge strictly on the basis of law but is generous with kindness and compassion (laughs) this is the god that we serve it is impartial it does not discriminate it doesn't put one person above the other There's no discrimination in its process. Uh, And then it is sincere. That means it is genuine. It's authentic. There's no pretense in godly wisdom. It's not a counterfeit. It's the real deal. And he says that um, this, this type of wisdom leads to peace, leads to harmony, leads to unity, uh, leads to righteousness, uh, leads to things that are right, things that are equitable, things that are good. Now, don't confuse wisdom, earthly wisdom, with guile. Don't confuse wisdom, earthly wisdom, with deception or scheming. Don't confuse wisdom with streets smarts. All of those fall into the earthly category. I mean, some people lie in their application uh, to obtain a job. Uh, They lie about their education, and they lie about their experiences so that they can get the job that they fully know that they are not qualified for. But they want the job because they need the money, and they want the money. And when they get the job, they think that's wisdom because because those decisions, that scheming, that planning, got them ahead, got them a return. Some people lie to HR personnel. just to get the vacation they want at the time that they want. I had a person once uh, share this in conversation with me, and, and they said, you know, uh, I had to tell the HR people that my mother was deathly ill in a hospital bed just so that I can get the vacation I want during the time that I want. That's earthly wisdom. Some people make things up and uh, are extra creative in their tax return just so that uh, they don't have to P 
pay in what they owe the government, or they can get a larger return than they should. And just last week, I was in conversation with somebody, and they said, you know, anymore now around our work, when we're in conversation, I keep my ideas to myself because I found that when we gather for collaborative sessions and creative sessions to make the business better, others have stolen my ideas to get a promotion and to get a raise. Earthly wisdom. There's something about earthly wisdom that is selfish. It's self-centered and self-seeking. It is divisive and it uses others for personal gain. Let me read it again. Look at verse 14 and 16. It says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there, there you find disorder, chaos, confusion, and every evil practice. Hey, there's no guile or self-deception in true wisdom. And those who engage in these practices deceive themselves into thinking that they are wise. But instead, they are constructing for themselves a, a life, a way of life that is void from the presence of God. And this is why James says it is demonic. It originates from Satan because it is a way of life built on guile, on deception, and on lies. There's a quality of innocence and purity in true wisdom. And whenever we live with the wisdom of God, it keeps us in line, keeps us in tune with the purpose of God. Look at James 3.13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it, let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. What is he saying? He's saying that wisdom is shown by the way we live. The way we live demonstrates if we have earthly wisdom or if we have godly wisdom. And the evidence, uh, our life gives evidence to the kind of wisdom that we have by the way we talk, by the way we treat uh, one another, by the way we make decisions, by the way we conduct ourselves, and on and on. Our way of life gives evidence to earthly wisdom or to godly wisdom. Now, as we contemplate the passage and what it's telling us about earthly wisdom uh, and true wisdom, godly wisdom, I want us to consider some, some truths and warnings. I call these literally truth warnings. They, they are truth warnings. And the first one is this. God is the only source of true wisdom. God is the only source. And you might argue with that. You might say, well, you know, what about philosophy? Well, what about this? Hey, um, you know, what's our filter here? Outside of God, there is earthly wisdom. 
Outside of God, there's unspiritual wisdom and demonic wisdom. So the ultimate source of true wisdom is God. And the way we filter and know if the wisdom we have and, and the wisdom that we are acquiring is godly wisdom, it is by its fruit. And what is its fruit? It is pure. It is, it is peace-loving. It, it, it is considerate. It is submissive. It is full of mercy. It is impartial. It is sincere. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 3 Verse 18 and 19 says the following. He says, hey, he says, do not deceive yourselves. Do not deceive yourselves. Uh, if any of you think you are wise by the standard of this age, by the standard of this world, you should become fools. You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight as it is written he catches the wise in their craftiness. Hey, God catches these, these people who consider themselves wise according to worldly standards in their scheming and in their planning and in their craftiness. So the passage is telling us not to be self-deceived thinking that the wisdom of this world is true wisdom. It tells us to become fools. Wow, that's... I mean, we're not going to put on a hat and some bells around and go around acting like a fool. I, I, that is to say, hey, he's saying become fools. In other words, recognize. Recognize. We need to recognize our ignorance and, and, and recognize what we don't know. Uh, he's saying, hey, you, you need to recognize this and assume a posture of someone who is lacking understanding. We assume that posture so that we can receive the wisdom of God. Human wisdom is always crafting and scheming to get an edge or get ahead at someone's expense. Scripture says God catches us on this. God catches those who consider themselves wise with worldly wisdom in their schemes. That is why Scripture calls us to recognize our lack of understanding so that we can receive his wisdom. God is the source of true wisdom. The second truth warning is this. If you hold on to your own wisdom, you cannot receive God's wisdom. If you hold on to worldly wisdom, you cannot receive God's wisdom. We cannot hold on to these things. We, and the reason, it's, listen, listen, we cannot hold on to our pattern, our human pattern of thinking and, and produce God thoughts and produce God behavior. Uh, we can't. And, and, um, and that's because to receive God's wisdom, it requires a heart and a mind transformation. To receive God's wisdom, it requires a heart and a mind transformation. It, it requires a surrender of our way, of our way to God's way, of our understanding to God's understanding. Uh, Paul talked about this when he said in Romans 12, 2, he said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you, then you, then me, then you and I will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for our lives. If you hold on to your wisdom, if you hold on to earthly wisdom, you cannot receive God's wisdom. The third truth warning is this. Worldly wisdom is always hostile to God. Worldly wisdom is always hostile to God. And, and this is, we can see this throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. It is the voice that challenges God's command and God's way of life. And we hear it in the garden. We hear it in the Garden of Eden. When Satan gets up and he begins to talk to Eve. And he says, hey, God didn't say, did, did God really say this? Did God say you should not eat of every fruit in the garden? Of every fruit, of every tree in the garden. God said not to eat of it. And the woman corrects him. The woman says, no. God says I can eat of all the trees except the one that's in the middle. Because when I eat of the one that's in the middle, I will die. And then we hear the voice again. And the voice says, Oh, you're not going to die? You're not, hey, you're not going to die? God knows that the minute you eat from the fruit, your eyes are going to open. And you're going to know Right from wrong. You're going to be wise. And you're going to be like God. In fact, you can almost hear him say, you know what? God is holding back on you. God knows that when you eat of it, you're going to be just like him. And, he, and he's holding back on you. There are things that you can have. There are things you can enjoy. There are things you can experience. But God's holding back on you. That's the voice of worldly wisdom. And every crossroad, every decision you and I come to, we encounter this voice. Are you going to choose earthly wisdom or, or godly wisdom? There are prophets in the Old Testament that succumb to earthly wisdom for personal gain. And, and we hear the voice even in the New Testament. We hear it in Peter when Jesus says, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be raised in the third day for the glory of God. And Peter says, never, never, Lord, you shall never die. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because that's the voice of earthly wisdom. And we hear it. We hear it again and again. Uh, we hear Judas, uh, uh, the voice, and Judas says, oh, for 30 pieces of silver, I can be somewhat richer if I can just tell the Pharisees where Jesus is going to be. Scheming for personal gain at the expense of someone else. Mm. Worldly wisdom is fueled by envy, selfish ambition, arrogance, and denial of God's truth. Worldly wisdom 
is hostile, hostile to God and his purposes for your life and for my life. So, wisdom is not an end in itself. It is not something we use to get what we want. It is not an intellectual exercise or having a higher IQ. Wisdom is a pathway to living and being in right relationship with God and with others. A person, a person who has God's wisdom in their hearts will produce God's will in their lives. May it be so with you. May it be so with me. Now next week, Pastor Adrian is going to come and he's going to do a deeper dive in godly wisdom. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you lead us and you guide us and you warn us but you do all this because you have our best interest in mind. I pray that as we begin this new year, I pray, oh God, I pray that you would pour upon us your spirit in such a way that we can live with godly wisdom, that we can recognize the voice of earthly wisdom when it sounds when it speaks, and we can say, I choose godly wisdom for my life. May it be so, I pray in your name and for your glory. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.